Unstoppable Success Radio, Episode 66. This is Kelly Roach of Unstoppable Success Radio, and today I'm excited to invite you to a four-part video training series designed to help small business owners learn the number one underlooked strategy on the planet for quickly and easily growing your income, closing multi-thousand dollar deals, and creating reliable, consistent reoccurring revenue in your business. To gain immediate access to video number one, all you have to do is text the word raise your rates. That's all one word, no spaces to 44222. Again, that's raise your rates to 44222. Now on to the show. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am super excited to have the fabulous Janet Murray here with me today. Janet, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely. All right, let me share a little bit about you with everyone, and then I'm going to ask you to fill in the gaps because you have quite the extensive resume, and it's a little tough to narrow it down here. So just a little bit about Janet. She's a UK-based journalist that has over 15 years' experience as both a journalist and an editor um, for some of the best-known media outlets in the world, including The Guardian, and she helps people get media coverage in places like The Huffington Post, The Daily Mail, Entrepreneur, BBC, and more. She also has a great PR blog and podcast, which we'll talk a little bit about today. And she's been interviewed in places like, you know, Chris Ducker's podcast, Natalie Seasons, and, you know, really specializes in, in helping entrepreneurs to get seen and get coverage for their business so that they can um, launch and, and scale to the next level. So Janet, fill in the gaps. What am I missing there? Gosh, <laughs> where do I start? Um, might be a good place to start talking about why I do what I do, I guess. So um, is that a good place to start? Excellent. So I actually started off as a a school teacher. I initially uh, taught in secondary schools in the UK. I taught English. And after about three, I I mean, I I quite enjoyed it, but I always felt like um, I'd always be quite interested in in going into journalism. And after three or four years, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give this a go and and, and try it. And everybody always told me it was going to be really difficult and I'd never be able to get published in the national newspapers. And it was so hard. But I I went for it anyway and retrained in, in journalism. And I was so determined determined really that I was going to make this happen that within a few months of of graduating from my course I'd been published in in all the big sort of national newspapers and magazines and it really was hustle because I was free I decided to go down the freelance route rather than be employed by anybody because I I like the idea of a kind of freelance lifestyle but literally to pay my bills I was selling stories into newspapers and magazines and if I couldn't sell a story if I couldn't come up with a decent pitch then you know I couldn't pay my mortgage I couldn't eat oh wow okay (laughs) I like it I like it that's the entrepreneurial hustle right there And, and I, I found I really used to enjoy the thrill of the chase. I enjoyed the pitching often more than actually writing the, the articles. There was something really, really kind of enjoyable about getting a magazine or a newspaper and really trying to understand what the editors were looking for and then try and come up with a really great pitch that would suit them. But I, I discovered something quite early on, which I guess kind of... Um, tugged at my kind of entrepreneurial streak, if you like. So I discovered that I would get loads of press releases in my inboxes and, I, and in my inbox area, and I'd get loads of calls from from PR people who would be trying to sell me stories. And to be quite frank, most of them were absolutely awful, and often they hadn't read the publication that they were trying to get 
get, get published in. They hadn't looked at the magazine or if it was TV or radio. You know, they, they just had no idea. And so I realized that there was this kind of whole industry of people with some notable exceptions, of course. There were some great people, but there were lots of people who just didn't really know what they were doing. And I was thinking, well, if these people don't know how to pitch, then maybe I can teach them how to do it. So I joined up with a, another journalist who was also freelance like me. And like me, she was great at pitching because when, you know, that's how you pay your bills, you, you get really quick at it and, and you, you quickly get quite good. And we started teaching classes in London where we'd get people in the PR industry along and we'd basically show them how to pitch. And we'd teach them from a, a journalist point of view and we'd, we'd teach them, you know, what, what we knew from, from a kind of journalist, journalist mindset on, on what made a really great story and how to put a great pitch together. And I did that for quite a few years, almost as a kind of side hustle, really. And then we took it into bigger conferences and we started on put, putting these day-long conferences on where we'd get all the key journalists from a particular sector to come along and talk about what they were, that they were doing, what they were looking for. And they were quite successful. And eventually it got to the point where I just thought I really kind of liked this training thing. So obviously I started life as a teacher, so I've always enjoyed being an educator and helping people so I decided to sort of turn it into a bigger part of my business so I now do I still do some journalism and, and do some editing but I spend most of my time now helping entrepreneurs to tell their story in the media and I do coaching I've got an online membership program and it's just really fun and creative because people come to me with their business and everybody's got a different business of so just kind of thinking up ideas and thinking about how they might be able to tell their story in the media it's just really fun I love it. I love it. No, that's great. I mean, and I, I think that it's a little known art amongst entrepreneurs. And so that's why I was so interested to get you on the show to have you really share your expertise, because I think it's, you know, definitely something that's needed out there. So just let's start at the very, very beginning, if you don't mind here. And let's talk about, you know, what is in it for the business owner. You know, obviously business owners are so overwhelmed and pressed for time as it is and, and never feel like they can quite keep up with everything that they have on their plates. Why should business owners, you know, stop and really pay attention to the opportunity um, to get press coverage for their business? And how have you seen this impact the growth of businesses that do this well? Well, it's a really, really good question, and there's two main ways I think that it helps. So first off, it can actually impact on your sales. So if you've got a particular product or a program or a book or something in particular to sell, then it can actually help you sell widgets, if you like. But actually, for most people, it's more of a, a longer game. I mean, sometimes when I work with entrepreneurs, they, they say, well, I don't want to do press coverage because I'm worried that I'll get like hundreds of orders or I'll get, you know, I'll get oversubscribed. And to be honest, you do get the occasional article that goes viral or the occasional interview. But for most people, it's kind of like, a you know, you put in the work over months or years and, and that's where you, you get the rewards. But for, for most people, actually, it's more about credibility. So there's a lot to be said for being being able to put on your website that you've been featured in Huffington Post, you've been featured in Entrepreneur, in the BBC or the New York Times or whatever. There's a lot of credibility attached to that. So that obviously helps when clients come and want to do work with you. It might be if you're looking for sponsorship or you're looking for to raise investment. And it, it can really almost be like a rubber stamp of approval. It's like, you know, if the media think that you've got something that's worth saying, then other people are going to think that too. So for lots of people, it is about sort of raising credibility. 
Some people are looking to get book deals. Some people are looking to get public speaking opportunities. And obviously, if, if you're looking to, you know, to raise your game in that area, if you've been featured in the national, international media, then that's going to help a lot. So a lot of it is about credibility. But you know, I have worked with clients where, you know, for example, if they've been, they've had an online program or, or something like that, and it has actually impacted on sales, and they've been able to sort of you know, put a, put a number on it and say, well, actually, we got X amount of phone calls or X amount of emails because of that. But I think that's less usual. I think for most people, it's a longer game and it's about building your reputation over time. And, and it kind of links into your sales, really, because, you know, people often say that people need seven or eight touch points with you before they'll buy. And if you keep popping up, you know, on social media, you, you keep popping up in people's email, you know, in your in, in, in their inboxes, but also they go and read Entrepreneur or they go into Huffington Post and they see you've written something, then it's just kind of more touch points. And, and yeah. the more you keep popping up, the more people know about you and trust you and like, you know, the no like and trust factor. So it works on so many levels, but I find that lots of entrepreneurs and business owners, it's a kind of piece that they miss out really when it comes to promoting themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. All great points and I couldn't agree more. And, and I've seen both from it, from the publicity that I've had for Kelly Roach coaching. I mean, not only being able to use the credibility pieces of the successes that I've had from media coverage, but also I have clients that are in my online programs and in my courses and coaching clients of mine right now from radio interviews that I've done. So absolutely, I I can attest to the power of media impact. Now for me, um, I worked with an outside resource for that. I hired someone to do that for me. So um, I'm very interested in learning more and sharing with my unstoppable success me, um, you know, how to get started if they want to do this themselves or hire a team member to do this. Where do you start and what does the process look like? And my third question, so where do you start? What does the process look like? And then thirdly, right now with what you're seeing in the entrepreneurial realm, um, you know, where is energy and focus best spent? You know, radio, television, where's the biggest bang for your buck and and also the best return? Um from, you know, small businesses that are going to either have themselves or a team member doing this for them? It's a really, really good set of questions, actually. The first thing is, I guess, to ask yourself why you're doing this. So the first question, when somebody comes to me and they want to work with me, then I would take them through a series of questions, which I can take you through. And the first one really is kind of why why do you want to do this? Because I think for most of us, it's a real feel-good factor. If you get some coverage in a magazine or a newspaper or whatever, it's nice to show people and tell people about it. But, But actually is that going to impact on your business so sometimes I'll get people and they come to me and they say well I want to be featured in the New York Times I say well why you know what what is it you're hoping to do and then we'll really dig down and look at well what is it they're hoping to do and for some people that might be getting a book deal for some people that might be getting more speaking opportunities or whatever it might be and that's really the place to start because then you can decide which is the next step well who is it you need to get in front of if you want to make that happen mm-hmm. and, and that kind of links into your, your last question actually because sometimes people will come to say to me and they would you know they want to be in vogue or they want to be in like oh we have purpose bizarre or Marie Claire or something like that and then they tell me that actually they want to get in front of um, I don't know they want to raise funding or something and actually the kind of people they want to get in front of are financial type people and say well they don't read those publications right exactly so so the next step so the first step is you know what is it you're trying to achieve the second step is okay well who do you need to get in front of and then once you've cleared that up then you can be really clear for the next step is well what kind of publications and programs do you need to be in and is it best for you to be 
online or in print or on radio and TV. And so I try and get people just to slow down and just kind of take, you know, just to kind of be really clear about that before they actually do anything because I've seen people kind of go after press coverage in you know the Huffington Post or or just you know something that they think is really prestigious but actually isn't going to help their business and I'll be quite honest with people sometimes if they come and they've got a specific aim and I might say well actually you might be better to to, to do guest blogs for that or you might be better to pitch yourself on podcasts to, to achieve what you want to do so it's really important just to get clear on you know, what is it you're trying to do who do you need to get in front of then make your shortlist of magazines and newspapers or radio and tv shows that you want to target and the next step is where a lot of people go wrong and actually a lot of pr companies go wrong and pr specialists go wrong as well because then you need to absolutely scrutinize those magazines newspapers radio tv shows and really understand the content and a lot of people come at it and they have kind of stories that they want to tell and a phrase that i often use is that the story that you want to tell is often the one that people don't actually want to hear and the mm-hmm. things that you don't want to tell are often the things people are much more interested in hearing so you'll get people who they'll just have an idea in their head you know i want to get this story in this publication and journalists are just kind of not interested so if you start with the publications or programs that you really want to get into and are going to help you to get in front of the people you want to get into, then you can really study them and look at the kind of content they run. And instead of trying to kind of, you know, ram your story in there, think, well, what have I got that could possibly fit into what they're already doing? And and how could I, how can I help really? I often talk about it as service. It's almost like customer service, you know, like instead of kind of having your story that you desperately want to get out there, it's kind of like, okay, what sort of stuff do they do? How could I help? How could I offer them some content that's going to be really great fit for their audience and that's a really tricky one to do you know for example I got pitched by somebody for my podcast recently and my podcast is called the soulful PR podcast so there's a big clue about what I talk about right right (laughs) but I got pitched by somebody from you know from a PR company and, and the pitch was would you like to have my CEO on to talk about whether or not you need an MBA to work in the tech industry? Now, you know, you don't need an MBA to work out that those two things are not a good fit. Um, But that's the stage where people go wrong. And so I think it's really, that's the most important bit. It's really understanding the publication of the program. And a lot of it's just common sense. You know, if you want to pitch to a certain magazine or newspaper, you know, when I've been working as an editor, you get so many pictures and so many press releases where people clearly haven't read the publication or they haven't read it properly and that's just a key piece and then the last bit is obviously once you've you've done your research is then starting to put pitches and you know I can walk you through what an ideal pitch might look like but one other thing I wanted to add actually is about is about I think personally that all small business owners and entrepreneurs should at least get involved with their PR a lot of people I speak to they want to outsource it completely and I think if you want to find somebody good to take it off your hands and you want to make sure they're doing the best job for you then you need to understand a little bit about it. And I'd advise everybody just to get in the trenches, even just at first, you know, get in the trenches, kind of understand it, have a go at doing some of it yourself. Because otherwise, the other thing as well is that journalists, they would much rather hear, they would much rather, to be honest, pick up the phone and hear Kelly Roach right. over the phone saying, look, I've got a story for you, then a PR company or professional puts up a barrier. Um, and so you can get around that by, you know, you can work on the pitch with them and then you can pick up the phone and, and make the call or the email can come from your email address or whatever. But that's something that often you need to negotiate. Journalists are often you know, more interested in, in in getting to the, to the person who runs the, the business. So I would advise everybody just to 
you know, at least get involved at first because then when it comes to hiring somebody or outsourcing it, you just know you know that you're going to get somebody good if you understand what good looks like. But I think a lot of small business owners, they, they waste money on PR because they hire somebody in. And I call it like a set and forget approach to PR. They just right. want to say, hey, right. Right. Uh, okay, I'm hired you in. You just deal with it. I don't want to know any more about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, you know, you can end up wasting a lot of money and a lot of time by taking, yeah. Yeah. taking that approach. So does that kind of cover that one? I mean, I can I can walk you through what a good yeah. pitch. No, that's that's perfect. So yeah, so you you figure out where you want to be and make sure that it makes sense and it's targeted towards the audience that you want to get in front of. And then you learn what types of articles and feature pieces that that publication runs and you make sure that um, you're pitching stories that are actually in alignment with what they're looking for and they want to need versus maybe just an idea that you have or that you want to pitch. That makes sense. And then let's kind of move to the next stage. So in terms of actually connecting Connecting with people, are are you focused primarily on, um, you know, like articles? Are you focused on radio, television? Where is your your focal point? Are you doing all three? So you're talking about sort of business owners in general, what they should be doing, or or me? Well, personally. your your area of expertise. So like what you're working on most frequently with entrepreneurs, just so we can kind of keep it in that realm. Well, I try and uh, encourage people to do across the board, actually. Okay. A, big, a okay. big mistake I see people making is, now, there's an irony here because I'm not very keen on press, like, I, my free opt-in on my website, if you come to my website, I've got a five-day five day course in how to write press releases. <laughs> I think it's a great skill to have, but I think a lot of business owners, they rely too heavily on press releases. And again, it's this set and forget approach to PR. Yes. So people, you know, just write a press release, send it out, and then, you know, you're going to be on the cover of the New York Times or whatever, and it doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. Yep. Um, And the thing is, is a a press release is a really great skill to have, which is obviously why I I teach it. And but but it's and it's also something that people know about. So it's a way of me kind of that people can. It's something they know about. They can get comfortable with that, and then I can try and teach them other things. But a press release is essentially a news story. So you know, like the stuff at the front of a newspaper or magazine, the the stuff that you get first in a a news program. But there's so many other kinds of uh, press coverage. So there's features, so much more in-depth stuff, and that's what I've special, always specialised in as a journalist. There's a great appetite at the moment for opinion articles, so thought leadership type articles, and also a massive appetite. You know, places like Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Forbes for how-to, so it's like when you show what you know. So I've written, for example, for The Guardian, I've written a whole series of articles on how to write a press release, how to get press coverage, how to get on radio and TV, and they've been so successful, particularly the piece I wrote on how to get a press release, I can actually measure that, that I've got clients from that because people read that article, they come to my website, they, they read some more stuff, they maybe sign up for my free course and then they do more of my stuff. And so I'm showing what I know, I'm not telling them about my business, I'm showing it. And I think that's, a, you know, when I mean, I've written stuff for Entrepreneur as well about, about mistakes entrepreneurs make with PR, I just wrote a piece about when it's okay to work for free and when it isn't. And, and you know, when, when you're kind of showing your expertise rather than telling people, I think there's something really powerful about that. So that, that's the whole area. Obviously, you can offer yourself for interviews. You can offer yourself as a, a pundit, we would say, in the UK. So when a big news story goes off, you know, you can sure. ring up and go on the TV, you know, if it relates to your area of expertise. So I think the trouble with um, is with this kind of set and forget approach is that you can that, that you're only really kind of looking at news coverage then and there's all this other kind of coverage you know if you think about the newspapers and magazines you read that there's a quite a, 
a variety of different kinds of articles and also on TV and radio as well. So I encourage my clients to just look right across the board and to get themselves out there in different mediums. Obviously, online, I think these days is better uh, because obviously that, you know, you hopefully can get a link back to your site or at least, you know, that, that article is always there forever. I got a, a phone call from a radio station the other day about an article that I wrote about 10 years ago <laughs> and um, they'd found it and they were, they were covering that topic again and they just found my article and gave me a ring and I went on the radio to talk about it and that's the beauty I think about online stuff because it's, it's going to be there forever. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. So how do entrepreneurs and small business owners get started developing um, their own media database and where do you recommend that they focus on doing their their outreach? Is it email? Is it Twitter? Is it uh, phone calls? Uh, you know, what, what kind of methodology do you typically recommend? Well, most journalists do business by email these days. I mean, you, if you've got something that's particularly timely, you know, something's happened in the news or whatever, then, then by all means pick up the phone. But I think most journalists deal with email and they're looking for email pitches. Um, but a lot of journalists are on Twitter as well. And in terms of getting journalist contact details, that's a really great place to go. A really common question I get asked is, should I sign up for one of these databases where, you know, you basically buy journalists' email addresses? But I sort of think a lot of them are out of date. They don't give you those, those sort of little tidbits like, you know, that editor that you wanted to pitch to is actually on maternity leave and someone else is covering her job. You know, you don't get those sort of nuanced little bits that you get. And, and essentially, you can find most journalist contact details on Twitter. You know, if you just if you just find the publication that you want to you want to get into, say you want to get in Fast Company or something, you, you if you go onto Twitter and then you you look at you put Fast Company in the search box, you look at accounts, you'll, you'll get a list of all the editors come up. And not only will you be able to work, you know, you can work out the email format quite easily, but you'll also, if, if you look at their Twitter accounts, you better sort of look at the kind of things that they're talking about and what they're sharing, and and you can usually work out which section they're they're responsible for it. It does take a little bit of detective work, but that detective work actually helps you when it comes to your pitch because you're much more likely to get it in front of the right person. And also, you know, you might pick up some tidbits about stuff that they're interested in, which, you, you know, might help you when you're coming to think of ideas that they might be interested in. So I would suggest that that you either do this yourself or you maybe outsource it to, you know, you could get a VA or something to, to help you with this kind of thing. But I would sort of, I would advise against buying databases and that kind of thing to get journalist contact details. And the other point about it as well is that like with anything in your business, getting press coverage is about building relationships and you want to build long-term relationships with journalists. And you know, if your idea of networking is just like, you know, looking somebody's name up in a database, then you're probably not going to get very far. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. So how many times do you recommend that someone follow up with a journalist? And, and what does that whole process look like um, once you've kind of created a, a target list of places that you would like to be featured? What does that look like? So once you've got your, your target list and you've, you've come up with some ideas and you've done your research, you know, and you're coming up with ideas which you think are you know, very much suited to that audience, then you generally would put an email pitch together. Now, you can write a press release and, and they can be useful. Like with um, regional publications and with industry, very niche things, then you might find they take a press release and, and turn it into a story without even talking to you. But when it comes to most people are now looking for tailored stuff. I mean, most of us, you know, when someone pitches your podcast or somebody wants to do a guest book, you know, you, you want to know that they've read it and they've sent something for you and they haven't just sent it, you know, to 20 mm -hmm. other people. And it's a bit off-putting. I'm sure you'll know people yes. pitch podcasts and you can, tell, you can tell they've sent the same thing to 20 other people. And journalists love exclusives. So uh, I would put together an email pitch 
And the tip I always give people is journalists generally get hundreds of emails with press releases and pitches in them. So in your subject header of your email, that's really, really important that you put something like, I usually advise to put story idea or even pitch. And then you summarize very simply what we call it your top line, what your top line is. So when I pitched to entrepreneur for the first time, for example, I had an idea about five mistakes entrepreneurs make with their PR. That's exactly what I put in my subject header. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time, you know, I'm pitching to a new publication. I'll, I'll just go and look at the headlines. So, so, you know, with entrepreneur, I'll be like, I'll, I'll just make lists of them. Be like, right, okay. They obviously use a lot of numbers. They use a lot of listicles. You know, they like calls to action. And so just by spending a little bit of time, you can come up usually with a subject header that will grab attention. And then I always advise people to get straight to the point. So a lot of people will kind of spend, you know, a couple of times, a couple of paragraphs, hi, I'm Kelly Roach, and, you know, give all this background, but actually journalists are not really interested. They don't care, yeah. They they want to know what's in it for them, what's in it for their readers, you know, get to the point, right? Yeah. So you just straight in and say, hi, hi, Kelly, I was just wondering if you'd be interested in a piece on five mistakes that entrepreneurs make when they're pitching to the media or something, Um, and then go straight in. And then I would put at the end, I would, you know, you can put a little section about you and who you are, but get them interested in the idea first, and then they'll want to know more about you. But a big mistake I see people making is spending two paragraphs telling their life story and their business story. Just just not interested. Just get to the point. Um, And, you know, and it's the same for pitching for anything, isn't it? The the other thing as well, I mean, I always advise people, you know, for pitching to podcasts or guest posts is that, you've really got to sell exactly what you said what's in it for them so you know when I pitch people I say you know this is how big my email list is this is you know how many followers I've got on Twitter and I try and sell the benefits for them you know I can help you out here and it's you know when you're pitching to the media it's slightly different because obviously they've got their own network and they've they've obviously often got big social media following or whatever but if there is anything you know that you can you know, if you are pitching to maybe a small publication and you know you've got a decent sized email list or a good following on Twitter or whatever, anything you can do, the key thing is really just to make it all about them. It's like, how, how do you help them by providing really great content and, and you know, almost take yourself out of it. And I always use this kind of idea of service, you know, of service to journalists, but also being of service to their audience and just providing really great content. And the more you can take yourself out of it, it sounds a bit counterintuitive because obviously you're looking to get public coverage for your business, but actually the more you take yourself out of it the more likely you are to get a yes and then you're still going to get what you want but you've um you've gone about it in a slightly different way mm-hmm. no that that makes perfect sense that's great so you know and and then how how much and how often you know do you um recommend that um you know journalists that that entrepreneurs be doing outreach to journalists um, if they want to incorporate this into, you know, an ongoing part of their, their business? What, what kind of time commitment and how often and how much? But it's one of those things, I think, if you put a little bit of time into it every day, you know, like most of us do with our social media, even if we're outsourcing it, but we, we see it as a priority maybe to spend a little bit of time on social media every day or across the week. So I, I would suggest that, you know, you make it something that you work on every day or you've got somebody working on every day. Now, You've got to be realistic about it. It's actually quite tough to get to get. It's very competitive to get national coverage or international coverage. So when I've got students working with me on my coaching program, if they come to the end of it after twelve weeks and they've got three pieces of coverage, they've actually done really really well. And sometimes that can be hard for them to you know because 
at the beginning, and that's hard for them to appreciate. But once mm-hmm. they get out there and start pitching, they're like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Because yeah. it's very competitive. And journalists, you know, sometimes you have to chase them up quite a few times. And, you know, I've had students where they've got really nice, you know, the editor said yes, they've written the piece, they've taken photographs, and then it just gets held and held and it takes time. So I've got, I have a strategy I use myself, which is uh, like a pitch a day. So I try and pitch somebody something every day, not necessarily to the press, but it might be a you know, a podcast interview or it might be a piece of guest content or, you know, it might be a guest to come on my show or whatever. And I think if you just make it a daily habit, you know, that you're going to pitch somebody or you're going to do something that, that takes you forward. And, and you'd be surprised, actually. I've got one of my clients, actually, she says to me that at the end of every day at five o'clock or something, she she just puts a pitch together and sends it off. And, and you know, that actually, she's doing brilliantly because that sort of momentum just just yeah, consistent right. mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's really really you know and and just to be to be kind of kind to yourself and and not expect miracles it's going to take take some time but it's it's very much like a you know a rolling stone gathering moss because the more people see you out there so for example i wrote, i had a piece on the huffington post on um at, at, at the weekend so it's a london marathon and i've run the london marathon a couple of times so that's you know gives me is it gives what we call a hook you know for writing mm-hmm. that and uh, something people are always asking me about, this is a whole other conversation entirely, is that I wear makeup when I'm running. And I've run the London Marathon twice, and both times everyone's been more interested in the fact that I, um, I've got full makeup on at the end than the fact I've just run 20 mm, I love that, yep. Um, yeah. so I just wrote this piece with the Huffington Post about it because I'm a Huffington Post blogger. And the Daily Mail, which is obviously a big selling, you know, UK but also international newspaper, somebody, an editor read that piece and came to me and said, would you like to write for us? And that's often how it happens once you it's like a sort of snowball effect you know you, you get a piece of coverage somewhere someone else reads it they, they say would you like to write for us or you know or like I said you know that that radio interview it was a piece I wrote 10 years ago but the subject came back up again was of interest and I got a call and and I think once you if you, if you just keep at it you know you just keep working on it every day like your social media you know just just keep putting a little bit of time in every day then you will get the rewards it will happen for you yeah, yes. definitely. No, that's great. That's perfect. Very powerful. So I know we have just a minute here and I want to um, give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find out more. But do you have any quick tips around radio? Because I know personally that I've seen a great return on investment from doing radio interviews. And if you have any quick tips for our listeners just around getting radio interviews and leveraging for them business, their business, I would love if you could share that quickly. Yeah, very, very quickly. With radio, often it's about being responsive, you know, quite quickly. So I advise all my clients to have a a media calendar where they plot out sort of key points in the year where there's going to be big news stories, you know, things that journalists are going to be interested in, but also, you know, it might be awareness days in their industry. It might be like the London Marathon if they're a sports person or the New York Marathon or whatever. Um, and, And set up Google alerts so that you've got an alert coming through when there's any sort of topics that come up in the press which are to do with your business or your area of expertise and that you literally just pick up the phone and talk to them um, and you just you know with a radio station they are actively looking you know if something happens or there's you know some event coming up that people are going to be interested in they're looking for people like you to, to talk about what you know about so actually you ring up a, a, new, a radio station and say hey you know you, you know, are you doing anything on the New York Marathon because I'm a physiotherapist and you know I, I Mm-hmm. I specialize in marathon runners or whatever, um, then they're probably going to be glad to talk to you. And I think it's just having the guts to, to, to you know, be confident that you do have stuff to say and not to not to get put off. You know, if somebody kind of, you know, shuffles you off instead of, you know, so we're a bit busy at the moment, you know, then then, then not to let that, that put you off. And, um, and, you know, being able to 
you know, put your your picture across concisely, either in email or or, um, or or when you ring up. You know, they're the things. But but just kind of you know, just be brave and go for it. I love it. I love it. Perfect. All right. Well, Janet, this was incredibly helpful. I'm sure our listeners just got a ton of value out of it. So thank you for that. Um, where can they connect with you, learn more, access your resources, learn about your coaching programs, all of that? I have a ton of free resources on my website, which is janetmurray.co.uk. Social media wise, I'm probably biggest on Twitter. So it's at and underscore Murray. I've also got a Facebook group, which is brilliant. And I've got people from all over the world in there. It's the Soulful PR Facebook community. And if you just want to come and, you know, talk about some of this stuff and ask some questions and, you know, get experience, talk to other people about what they've been doing, then that's a great place. And I've also got a podcast, which is the Soulful PR podcast, where I talk about all of this stuff and I interview people about these kind of topics. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you so much. So I really appreciate everything that you shared today. We'll make sure to link back to all of your resources and all of the things that you just mentioned there in the show notes. And um, that's it for today, everybody. So thank you so much to you, Janet. And thank you to all the listeners for being with us for today's episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. And until next time, dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Are you a small business owner or entrepreneur that's tired of spending countless hours and thousands of dollars attempting to market yourself online with little to no result? Incorporating selling to local businesses and organizations will allow you to quickly make multi-thousand dollar leaps in your income and create leverage freedom in your business. Want to learn how? All you have to do is text the word raise your rates. That's all one word, no spaces. Text raise your rates to 44222 to get my very special four part video training series that's going to walk you through the A to Z to make this work for you.